Hey everyone, welcome to the Horse Poor Podcast. We are so excited to be bringing you an inside look into the Canadian barrel horse industry, as well as taking you down the road with trainers, breeders, vets, and jockeys, just to name a few. We can't wait to be introducing this platform. So please welcome your hosts, Stephanie Harlech, Stephanie Workington, and myself, Nadine Kachuk. Hey guys, I'm Steph H. And with this podcast, we aim to share with you a humble look into the life of performance horses and the victories and failures that keep us all horse poor and hopeful. And I'm Steph W. We cannot wait to share with you the performance horse content you're looking for in Canada. So please DM us on social media or better yet, come up to us at a barrel race with questions, ideas, and feedback. We would love to hear from you. Hey everyone, I just wanted to hop on here quick to give a special shout out and thank you to Kim Gertoski and Equipulman. Equipulman is manufactured for the equine industry for horses seeking lung and breathing optimization, from alleviating disorders to maintaining peak performance. Kim is actually the only distributor in Alberta for this product, so you can talk to her or see her website at k2farms.net for more information. Thank you very much, Kim, for donating a couple bottles to the Horse Poor Podcast. We really appreciate it. Hey everyone, welcome to Horse Poor. We're so excited to finally be bringing you our podcast. We've been working on this for a little while and we just kind of wanted to do our first intro to introduce ourselves and talk about why we actually wanted to do this podcast. It's yeah. easy to convince horse girls to do more horse things. More horse things. Do you want to <laughs> sit down and talk about horses? <laughs> Not yes. even a question. No, <laughs> exactly. And what's even more exciting is that we're hoping this, well, we know this podcast is going to be a very guest based podcast so we're really excited to sit down with people from all corners of our um mostly canadian barrel horse mm -hmm. industry i mean we're not limiting that either who knows what will happen in the future and maybe who we'll end up on. in brazil you never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah so we're actually coming to you from northern alberta a lot of people think when you say north Edmonton is north, but we're five hours north of that. So, so here when, we are. <laughs> yeah. When you knock a barrel down in Pinoca and you have to drive five hours back north, or I guess six hours from yeah. Pinoca, it's a long drive. And you need a good podcast to listen to and, on that drive. <laughs> and hopefully that'll be horse poor. We want it to be a very interactive podcast. So keep the feedback coming. Come up to us at a jackpot. Talk to us. Mm -hmm. We want to be that friendly face in the crowd. Some Definitely. The, so, um... What do you like about podcasts, Def W? I just, yeah, I just love learning more as, as much as I can about the horse industry training and all that is included. Um, so if I'm busy working outside or riding my horse or like we said, on a long drive, I, my podcasts are my go-to. Me too. And like one of our friends, she always was a diehard podcast fan. And I'm like, what is this? I don't want to <laughs> listen to people talk. I want to listen yeah. to my rap music. <laughs> I don't have time to sit down and read a book. So no. podcasts are the way to go. I doubt yeah. most of our listeners will have time to sit down no. and read too many books either. No. <laughs> but it, and it's nice that you can download them and be on the go. Like I yes. like, love watching YouTube videos and stuff like that about horses, but it you can't download them. Yes. And you're like trying to 
like it's not good to do that in driving and no and probably not yeah <laughs> exactly so. so if you subscribe i believe on apple anyways that's the one i have on my phone but if you subscribe then whenever you're at home on wi-fi when there's a new episode out it'll automatically download so when mm-hmm. you're listening in your truck you turn it on if it's downloaded already you're not using your data yes great point steph yeah that's pretty much uh, what I love about podcasts too. I'm a lash artist. So it's great when I like have my clients on the table and I, um, a lot of times you can't talk. And instead of listening to music, I love throwing on a murder podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge fan of true crime podcasts. Yeah. They are interesting. We were playing a card game and like it's that personally incorrect game and it's so funny. I love it. And uh, one of the cards was like the Craigslist killer. And everyone's like, who's the Craigslist killer? And I was like, well, he was a doctor and like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like telling everyone about it. And they're like, how do you know that? How do you know this? (laughs) So uh, Nadine, did you grow up riding horses or how did you get into horses in the first place? I got into horses. uh, My parents took me for a riding lesson. My uncle owned a ranch. We lived in town. My parents weren't horse people. We were a straight up hockey family. (laughs) My uncle made the NHL. My dad made it far. It was like hockey or nothing. I remember trying to watch figure skating and my dad's like, you're not a figure skater, you're a hockey player. Um, <laughs> so it was all about hockey. So when they took me to my first riding lesson, I was hooked at like five years old. I was so excited for all my lessons. I would wear my helmet around the house, hop in the vehicle, still wearing my helmet, <laughs> go to my riding lesson and not take that helmet off. Aww. Yeah. And, and did you start, Did were your riding lessons English based or Western based or it didn't matter. It, it started at first in Western, I think, because there's a horn and it's a little bit more comfortable for a younger girl. And then it went. I was solely English for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Steph H? Same thing, actually. I started off riding English. I was probably about six years old when I started riding lessons. So did you grow up in the country? Were you on a farm? Yes. Uh-oh. Yes. My family uh, was grain farmers, though. I do have lots of family that were into cattle, but my family was just grain farming and my parents, neither of them were into horses or really liked it that much. So when I was 16, my mom would give me her Yukon and I would, (laughs) I would hook up to the horse trailer and haul it to my jackpot (laughs) or like high school rodeo all by myself. Yeah. uh, Yeah. What about you, Steph W? Yeah, I actually, similar thing. I started out, uh, probably when I was about eight, uh, taking English lessons. Yeah. And then when did you turn to Western? Um, I, yeah, I did the dressage and jumping kind of all while I was growing up. And when I went off to college, I still had my dressage horse and I did that. But I also bought um, a barrel horse or, well, he was a rope horse. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I kind of had them both. And I was like, okay, now's the time to decide which one I'm going to stick with. You know, that's, yeah. I, a lot of rope horses are great barrel horses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just, they have a solid foundation, you know? Mm-hmm. They definitely do. And they're fast. Yeah. Got some smarts. Yeah, exactly. Did either of you guys do any high school rodeo? I did not. No. I didn't even know what high school rodeo was. <laughs> no. Was I was, it, did the, it even exist up here? Yeah. Um, well, I, okay. I grew up in Lac La Biche and there was only, I think, one or two other girls that actually barrel raced in my whole school. Mm-hmm. And not one of us knew what high school rodeo was. Mm. No. Yeah. I didn't competitively do it. Like I definitely went to a few local ones like Fort St. John, yeah. Dawson Creek, Grand Prairie, okay. just close ones. But I was never super competitive and uh, with my parents not being into it. Now I look <laughs> back and I'm just like, oh, wow. All the things we didn't know. Just like, you know, I had 
I had alley issues back in the day, but like we never thought to really check the horse for soreness yeah. no. or bleeding or whatever, it was right? Like, you make that horse go in the arena. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. yeah. But that's the cool thing with this podcast is we feel like we've learned so much in the mm-hmm. last like few years mm-hmm. being really into the barrel racing, you know, testing out the faturities, learning more about breeding and bloodlines and just getting more into it. So we're really excited to bring you guys information to learn just mm-hmm. like how we've learned because we've all kind of started from like it was maybe a long time ago, but some of us more recently just started riding Western and barrel racing, you know, when you were in your 20s or yeah. 20-ish or yeah, whatever, Exactly. Right? Yeah. You can, you can start barrel racing at any age. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like when I first started, I showed up to my first jackpot in a 16-inch roping saddle and English pedestal. And all yeah, the help, all the help that I've gotten, <laughs> all the help that I've gotten throughout the years, like brought me to being able to ride colts and start patterning them. And mm-hmm. it's exactly. awesome. Yeah. When did you start barrel racing? Um, well, I wrote English and I used to show English in Western it was in 4-H and 4-H is such an amazing program. Mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. you guys were both in 4-H, yeah. right? Yes. Beef 4-H though. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, was I was in horse and dog. But I think <laughs> just like the like foundation of it with the public speaking, Mm -hmm. the community work, getting to know your animals is just so awesome. And that's what introduced me to barrel racing. There was a lady named Wanda Austin and uh, she's from, or not, she lives in Laclabish. She was my mentor growing up and Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from her. That's kind of how I started. We should talk a little bit more about our main mounts now. Mm -hmm. And just to tell you guys where we're at as barrel racers too. Nadine, who's your main mount right now? Well, I have my horse cash i just sold zeus and he was my main mount for a couple years and i do want to shed a little light on him because i feel (laughs) like he kind of made me the rider i am right now he's the cutest zeus is the best boy so he is a leopard appaloosa ex bronc ex plow horse like he was hauled to high school rodeos as a bronc and i hopped on his back one day and loped him through the field and Everyone was like, that horse is going to pile you. And he never did. And we just kind of started this connection. And he, I actually took him from being this like ex bronc plow horse that didn't even know how to neck rein to being a 2D barrel horse by the end of our journey. And now he's off with two little girls as he's older and like in the best home. And then now my main focus is my mare Cash. She is out of a Dash for Cash mare and is Sunita's last stud. Um, I absolutely love her. She's a beautiful bay mare. Uh, she's about 15, two, I believe. Yeah. She's a little bit bigger than Ray. Hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably about that size. Yeah. And she has a great foundation on her. We started her and, uh, we do have a hiccups along the road and mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm here to ask a lot of questions about those hiccups and how to work through them. Oh, for sure. And everyone will benefit from that. Yes. I think so. Cause I think our horses, like your guys' horses are a little bit more of a similar, um, level right so Mm -hmm. they're running the pattern whereas i'm on a horse that's just kind of like high loping the pattern yeah and so we'll have questions from seasoning like a a seasoned barrel horse Mm -hmm. just something that's like just starting to add speed and also a few of us have some colts coming up as well like that have just been started or going to be started so we have very diverse yes Yes. Mm -hmm. so what about you steph w let's hear about your little joe there (laughs) okay yeah so joe uh she's eight now i got her as a two-year-old and she is by perfect possibility. That's Dee Butterfield's, um, well, I guess, late stud she had. And she is out of um, a, Ch- a Chula Joe mare. 
and um yeah so i i got her when she was two i got her started and then i i futurityed her like we had our ups and downs in the futurity year and we derbied and now this year we're gonna do some amateur rodeo and didn't you guys place 11th at the uh <laughs> northlands fraternity yes we we had a rough year that year and uh the northlands futurity like it was my main goal to futurity this horse and i knew okay we're we're not at the level everyone else is but we were still doing all right we had a good pattern and so we decided to go to this futurity and because she she was so consistent we ended up 11th overall i love that that yeah (laughs) that was pretty exciting it really Mm -hmm really built up our confidence because we were kind of struggling and that's a big place to build confidence (laughs) yeah yeah that looks like a fun pen and i remember you saying you're like okay it's my goal to futurity like i don't care i'm going yeah you do that and you did it i'm so proud of you for doing that like you just went for it and that's awesome and you have some future plans to futurity too hey yes probably yeah (laughs) i have a three-year-old and a two-year-old that i'm planning on futuritying as well and the the three-year-old is She's related to Joe as well. So, yeah. yeah. And Joe gets down and dirty that horse. <laughs> she gets so low around each barrel. So, hopefully, your little gray mare will be exactly yeah, like her. She feels pretty catty mm-hmm. <laughs> so far. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now let's hear about little Ray. Yes. <laughs> Steph H on Ray. So, we like to really confuse people, me and Steph W, when we show up to a jackpot yeah. with our sister horses with the same brand and whatnot. And the same name. You guys yeah. have the same name. And we, we have, have both the same Sorrel. Name. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ray is my main horse. She is coming nine this year, actually. I believe I got her when she was five. She came to me with a nice pattern on her. And then we just got to grow together the last four years, kind of slowly but surely. Like I said, in high school rodeo, I wasn't that competitive. And then I took probably about a five-year break. So she was just the perfect horse and at like the perfect stage. And we got to grow together the last four years. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited to carry on with that. Um, A goal for me was always a 17 second in Pinocchio. We don't get there very often. I think actually CBHI was the only time in 2019 we got there. But we did manage a 17-8. We caught the first so freaking barrel. So proud of you. But a she's, very yeah. nice run. Yeah, slowly <laughs> but surely, she's definitely, us both, I guess, are uh, definitely improving. And um, yeah, same thing. I want to try an amateur rodeo a little bit again this year. Nope. Nope, a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah, I want to try an amateur rodeo quite hard this year. Hopefully make finals a goal if everything goes smooth in the spring and really go for it. Yes. I just want to take a pause and go back to your 17-8 run because I know how much you wanted that run. And I love how we can watch the CBHI on Facebook Live. Yeah, That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that so much. And I literally teared up when you made that run, man. I can still tear up for it right I now. I think <laughs> the first barrel is the worst one to hit because you're like, oh, okay, well, there goes that run. But I was but like, no. you kept she going. Felt, she felt really good. I'm just going to keep going. And yeah, and I feel like like she had more gas in the tank too so yeah. I, oh she I was, does even though she i does. hit the barrel i come out of there smiling i was like yay yeah I don't even care about the barrel but <laughs> that, that's the right attitude to have yes yeah you gotta just exactly look at the positive in every situation yes. i guess right and i very think very important that's, in barrel racing yeah that's yeah. something we're gonna want to touch on is the mental health about barrel racing when we see interactions on facebook and other social media of people asking like influential barrel racers questions a lot of them has to do with mental game and yes and all that so we'll definitely want to ask our competitive guests a lot about that it'll be 
interesting to learn for mm-hmm. sure. I feel like it's a very much mental game. You want to be able to visualize your runs and really have confidence in your horse. That's one of my main goals this year is to really get good at visualizing because I know you can have like really nice runs at home and feel great about it. You go to that barrel race and say the girl ahead of you, the horse doesn't want to go in. You start thinking about that and you lose your focus and then your run just like. Oh my gosh. I have a funny (laughs) story about that actually. So we were at the CBHI two years ago and I don't know what I did, but I late entered. So I ended up entering the open and the derby. And I did four runs that weekend, which is just a little crazy. But anyways, we don't get to Pinoka. So I said, screw it. I'm going to do four runs. So on the third run, I even gave her some sort of paste, like some energy paste. Oh, yeah. I tried that before. I'm going to give her this. So then I'm waiting in the warm up area and somebody falls off bad and like the ambulance had to come in. And I was already feeling bad for my horse. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I don't even really want to make this run. Eh, eh. She had made three solid runs before that. I go in the arena and my horse spooks at every barrel cover. Oh, yeah. She's, well, she would have been seven, I guess, because I think it was our last derby year. But yeah. every barrel she spooks yes. at, like plants her feet in the ground. And like I pop out of the saddle almost, too. I'm just like, are you kidding? We just did this pattern three times in the last two days. And you're well, and she <laughs> she probably knew that you were like, yeah, she oh, felt your is... energy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the point of my story is. Yeah, it's it is a huge thing of mental mm-hmm. game because we just had three great runs there, but then I was feeling eh about it, and then that situation that I just watched made me feel extra eh yeah. about it, and then we went in there and my horse She's was like, feeling. You don't eh. want to do this, so <laughs> yeah. why should I go around these barrels? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's a really really good point. So actually, speaking of our horses, while we're on it right now, like, um, why don't you tell us what you're working on right now at home, Nadine? So uh, I'm just going to tell you about a drill that I really worked on this summer because um, we have a great first and third barrel, but we can have a little bit of, we, our, our second barrel is never our most perfect barrel. And that's what I really want to work on with cash. So what we're doing at home is I'll trot around first because we have a great first and then we'll go to second barrel. I'll pick up a lope in between and then I bring her back down because we also have a problem with raining around second barrel. <laughs> so when I bring her back down, we do a complete circle around second barrel. Like the direction that you would normally turn second barrel. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then we go to the fence and we stop facing the timers. Okay. And then we do a roll back. And then I completely do another circle in the other direction around second barrel. And then I stop along the fence again, facing third. And then I do a rollback. And then I'll turn that barrel like how we would normally turn it. So she's listening to me and not cutting into my circle. And if she does it correctly and I'm comfortable, I'll as soon as she turns that barrel, I'll finish it nice. And then I just bring her down to a walk. And we'll walk our third barrel and let her relax. And that is just a drill I saw on YouTube, honestly. Like I was watching, I, like that. I was watching, yeah, I was watching so many Clinton Anderson videos and I was oh, like, yeah. you know, what? I was going to search like um, a barrel racing drill. And I saw that and I can post the link to it and give credit to the lady who made the video on our page. And yeah, I, I really like this. And I actually have seen a lot of, sorry, I've seen more of a difference with cash after doing that drill. That's awesome. And um, we did have some things with like Allie's and her being nervous and wanting to get away from the other horses, like, or not wanting to get away from the other horses. So I just loosen off my cinch after every run and I make sure that everything's calm and good going in there. And at home, we're doing a lot of slow work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about you, Steph H? What's, What's your 
biggest thing that you have a problem with with Ray and how are you fixing it? Um, so Ray is pretty automatic, but if we do have an issue, typically it's shouldering to the second barrel. My go-to for this one is a drill we did in the D Butterfield Clinic. This is more my quick fix. If I'm at a jackpot or just between jackpots and she has recently felt like she was giving me that resistance and shouldering a little bit, I'll just do my first barrel. I'll send her over to second and like I'll just hold my hand straight. I'll look straight. And she usually, the first two times I do that, dives into second really hard. But I take her, I drive her, keep driving her all the way past second, like right into the fence. And I'll do this until she's so free that she just like doesn't, we go right by second barrel, pretty close to it as if we were going to turn it. But we go straight to the fence and I wait. I do that as many times as it takes for her to just go right to that fence and Mm -hmm. completely wait for me. Yeah. And then I'll usually go back, do the pattern, see if she anticipates at all. If she doesn't anticipate yeah I just shut it down right then usually I did post um uh, Ivy Hearst drill from Barrel Horse News the other day that one was definitely a different approach than anything I've tried before but I'm going to give that one a go Mm -hmm. and if anyone has some of their favorite shouldering drills they want to share with me please do on my end of things I feel like in the videos I really try to focus on not riding my outside rein because in the videos you can sometimes see her nose tilt out a little bit going to second and I'm just like, bad step. Stop doing that. Bad I need to stop step. doing that. She's really light. So like, I don't know if I actually am pulling on that rein. I feel like I've, I'll post a video of this actually at PCBRA finals. I said, okay, you know what? You're going to whip her with a crop between first and second barrel. So I'm not touching that outside rein. And I'm just hoping that she's just going to trust my inside rein. She turned a really nice second barrel, but we did hit it. <laughs> so just with myself, I need to figure out this winter as I'm legging her up. How to just get that inside nose, get that nice turn without any shouldering and without me having to rely on that outside rein on a run as much. I don't want to do that in a run. I that feel is like so good. I like yeah. that. And okay, so we are going to be talking about the Northern Barrel Racing. PCBRA is the Peace Country Barrel Racing Association. And then we have the NRR. That's the Northern Redneck Riders. Mm-hmm. I would compare PCBRA maybe a little bit more to ABRA finals, yeah, like our sure. version of it. What about you, Steph W? Tell us about your favorite drills. Well, it seems like a lot of barrel racers have that shouldering problem. (laughs) So, yeah, that's something that um, I have to work on Joe with often. She gets, she really anticipates and she really wants to turn. Um, So there's a drill I'll do when I go to the arena and it's just, it's on the pattern. So, um usually sometimes I'll start out at a, at a trot or a lope or whatever so I'll just lope up and yeah I'll keep her nose tucked to the inside a little bit and um as I'm coming up there I'll have my inside hand up and a little bit forward and I'll keep I'll keep a little bit of contact on my outside rein just to like keep that flexion like that vertical flexion position mm-hmm. yeah and um if she if she comes up nice, she keeps her shoulder, her inside shoulder nice, then I'll just lope around that barrel. Um, but if she doesn't, if she, if I feel her shouldering in, then I will stop her and I'll turn her away from the barrel, go back to either the first, the barrel I just came from or back to the start. And then I'll come at it again. And until she is coming up to there, the barrel nice, keeping her shoulder up, then I'll let her do that turn. 
I really do like that drill. Yeah. And then also like I'll do it slow, but she, she's like, if I do something over and over again, she's like, okay, I know what I'm doing. So I'll also That's make enough, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, not just that, but I'll make sure that I do it with speed. I'll add a little bit of speed, see how she's doing, if she's doing good. And I will eventually do it like full speed. And if she shoulders in at all, like we're stopping and starting again. Yeah. But yeah, if like if she does first nice, like I'm not going to do the whole barrel pattern. Like exactly. I'll walk first and then do second if the if we're having trouble at second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good to know when to give them that release. I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing is as soon as they do what you're asking to do, you give yeah. them that release and you let I- them relax. And that drill also is a D Butterfield drill. <laughs> oh, they yes. both love yes. D Butterfield. Yes. I unfortunately haven't been to one of our clinics yet, even though I would absolutely love to. You should sign up for the one in Chetwin because yes. there's that alumni barrel race this year. Oh, I don't know if it's, I think it's August actually, but yeah, it's a it's big August. barrel race at the Calnash in Pinoca. And it's Ooh, anyone who's isn't ever it the attended. Outdoor, though? I, I read yesterday it was in Calnash. The weather Cal-Nash? won't be okay. a issue nice okay. okay maybe you guys have me convinced this is how easy it is to convince it, a barrel racer <laughs> to spend some very money true to become spend more all your money. Horse poor yeah actually i convinced steph to go into clinic with our guest who we are actually recording today Ooh. you'll find out more who that we is are later so excited <laughs> to talk to them oh um, speaking of guests that um we maybe already did record with uh we have somebody that wanted to do was so generous and they wanted to do yes. another giveaway for us too um so we were lucky enough to speak with Cooley Equine, which is going to be an episode coming to you guys very soon. And Katie was nice enough to say she would love to do a giveaway with us. And um, yeah, we were super pumped to talk to her. And I know I've had a personal experience there. I took my mare there last spring. And yeah, she came back feeling better than ever. And we placed at our first rodeo of the year. And I was super pumped. Mm-hmm. Nothing but great recommendations yes. for Cooley Equine. And she's so informative. And she really took the time to get to know a horse as well as relate the horses to us as yes. people mm-hmm. and how our body works compared to how their body works and she was awesome yes so stay tuned for her episode which yeah. is coming soon for sure so speaking of horse for we have to have a little bit of an income and i know a lot of questions that are on everything barrel racers or, or everything barrel racing or can chasers alberta is what kind of career path or what kind of side income do you guys do in order to uh like be able to barrel race exactly so steph w let's talk about all your furry critters that allow you to barrel race yes um i have a lot of furry animals here they're not all my own (laughs) um i board dogs so sometimes like around christmas we can have up to 80 dogs in the summer actually the summer is usually around the same um we're full every weekend so that's kind of what I do here. It's really nice because um, it's at home. So I can go do my dog chores, go catch a couple horses and saddle them up and then maybe do some more dog chores and then go ride the horses. I love, so, yeah, I love being able to tie yeah. up a horse and leave it. Yes. It instills so much patience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. makes them say, okay, like I'm going to be standing here for a little bit. She'll come to me when I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I And I feel like that really helps like, just with the seasoning of getting them ready for jackpots and rodeos and standing at the yes. trailer and yeah. yeah yeah 
Well, that's awesome. I honestly think your house is like a little slice of heaven. You got all the little puppies running <laughs> yeah. around. You have all the beautiful horses. It's awesome. I love oh, it. Big rock boarding kennels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Big rock kennels. <laughs> and that's what it's called. Yeah. And then we have our little farmer, Joe, who is <laughs> such a good salesman. I would literally buy canola from her, even though I don't have a farm. Um, Saleswoman, actually? It's like... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of live the farm life my husband and his family they grain farm so we're we're involved with that I do the books over there there's three sets of books that I do so I do a lot of books and admin work um, but then also we're independent pioneer reps so we sell canola seed actually alfalfa soybeans corn as well primarily up here is canola a can of corn and you'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry I had to say that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah same thing I get to work from home uh the farm is just next door to where we live so I'm either working from home kind of traveling around our county area because that's where we distribute the canola seed to is just our county area or just at the farm which is just two minutes away so I can kind of plan my days accordingly if I need mm-hmm. to get riding in say I'm boarding my horse and I need it I need to get done at 6 a.m well I can go do that at 6 a.m and I get back at 10 and I can start my day then no big deal or I can in the summertime I just I can ride late at night yes well it stays stays late out here quite late because we're so far in the summer yeah yeah in the summer it's like 11 which is so nice you can actually stay like do a full work day and then stay out till 11 riding your horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't go in the house before dark in the no, summertime. Usually typically. never do too. Usually supper is at 10 or 11. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like that's when we have like our good food or HelloFresh subscription because yeah. like we're always outside and then it's like, hey, you can just throw whatever in the pot. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Um, and Nadine, what do you do for your, uh, well, what's your day job? Looking at <laughs> Steph and Steph, Steph squared. If you saw their lashes, they both need a fill right now. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) I am a lash tech and I own Dally Lash Co. I have a little studio right downtown and I absolutely love it. I went to school for public relations and communications. And then when I moved here, could not find a job. So I didn't know what to do. And I just decided to take this two day lash course actually almost exactly a year ago. And now I have my little business and I start to do henna eyebrows as well. So you get to schedule, you get to make your own schedule as well then, right? I get to make my own schedule. So I book my clients. Uh, So say like a Wednesday, we have a jackpot. I can have my clients be done by like two o'clock and then I can end my day and head to the arena, pick up my horse and go to the jackpot, which I absolutely love. I love being my own boss. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really, really nice to be able to do that. I mean, you are on call all the time and I do always get messages from people trying to book appointments. So three in the morning. Mm -hmm. It happened yesterday (laughs) at like 1230. I'm like, who needs their lashes done at 1230? (laughs) But whatever. But uh, yeah, so I, I just love my job and I've never actually gone to work and been like, I love my job. I'm so excited to go to work in the morning. But that's how I feel about lashing. That and is good perfect. to have. That's important. <laughs> my yeah. absolute goal with Dally Lash Co. is when I eventually maybe pro rodeo one day in like a million years from now, <laughs> <laughs> I can take it on the road and either lash or teach how to lash. So whatever oh, town cool. I'm in, it'd kind of be like I could have a little, I can rent a hotel banquet room and like go and like go a day early and do like a day course in like teaching lashing and then just like move on to the next rodeo those are good goals they are but at the time it's like I look at my age and it's like does this when you start having kids is this like what like (laughs) how does this work like I don't know but I'm 25 so 
I guess oh, I still yeah. You're, you, have, have you have some time. I got some time. But Would yeah. it be hard to take all your equipment on the road though? Or is it, you don't need too much? No, when it comes to like, say like, teaching I guess I would just need a couple massage tables and just like little baskets of like lash um supplies supplies, just Mm. for like each each uh student and then yeah just kind of go on the kind of go on the road with that so Cool. We'll see. One day, that's all in the plans. I just need a big old living quarters. Oh my! Yeah. So yeah, that's us. Um, so we hope you guys can come and enjoy it and like laugh. And we're just gonna keep things lighthearted, and you guys can get to know the real us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also get to know the real us by following us on social media. Yeah, we're at horse poor podcast um we'll have like probably like the nice pictures of us and all that on there but if you check out our story that's going to be like our real deal everyday mm-hmm. life thing i think we're going to mm-hmm. be taking turns kind of saying okay it's steph h's day or steph w's day or Nadine's yeah. myself's day to do that and then you can also find us on facebook it's just horse poor podcast we'll be doing giveaways interaction interactive posts Make sure to give us a like and follow us on there. And of course, whatever you're listening to us on, please like, please subscribe, please give us a review. Yes. Five star review, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what we wanted to do. Um, and, and as well, you can find me on social media at nkachuk. So my last name is T-K-A-C-H-U-K. I've been trying to get that changed for the past four years, but it doesn't look like that's happening and that's <laughs> fine. But uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me or on Facebook. Feel free to send me a message. I love interacting with people. Um, so Steph H, where can we find you on social media? So my full name is Stephanie Harluck. So you can find me there on Facebook. And then my personal... Spell your last name. Oh, yes. Harluck is H-A-W-R-Y-L-U-K. Those poor announcers. I swear, all three of us, like whenever yeah. you hear a uh, 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 that's us going into the arena. Oh, yeah. Me and you have a hard time with the announcers. Were you at Smith when that announcer was just like, Nadine, and he started like, really? It was so, you were Oh, yeah, he was. That guy. Oh, my gosh. He was actually a radio host doing it. Yeah, he thought he had to be talking the whole time. It was so funny. During runs and everything. Oh, he was commentating. It was entertaining. He's like, look at Nadine there. She's doing it nice and smooth. And I like heard that. Oh, my. That's hilarious. It was really funny. But anyways, keep going. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Stephanie Harlock on Facebook. And then my Instagram is at Steffi Christine. Christine's my middle name, but and that's two Y's. Yes, yes, it has two Y's. So it's S T E P H Y Y Christine C H R I S T I N E. And you'll be able to see all her little mini donkey and her all of her huskies that she takes dog sledding. It's so cool. <laughs> so many huskies so many, so many huskies. yeah so many huskies oh. yeah yeah i'm not a legit dog sledder but we were playing around over christmas I and it was fun i, I think i need to become a legit dog sledder so yeah. i can justify all my dogs but we went dog sledding like i did that as a little christmas gift one year and it was so fun like it would one, be fun to get a whole team it was so yes. cool with what they when ones that know what they're doing yeah mm-hmm. and you actually gotta do your own dog sled it's called evolution dogs in grand prairie oh yeah i've heard of that it was so cool funny because the rule they tell you is never let go of the dog sled so when i went i did all the way up so you're trying to run up this hill oh, with the dog sled and everyone who knows me knows i can't run like i actually have like i'm knock kneed so like i like have my legs go all the way out and i'm a terrible runner i'm not very fast and i'd be like a 12d barrel horse if i was a horse and 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 when i was on the dog sled i tripped and i fell and i slid all the way up on my 
stomach up oh this freaking my. hill and then i let go and the dogs and cole was like in like the sled part <laughs> all i see is like him like going around the corner <laughs> full-blown dogs running away and he's just like uh, oh my <laughs> Oh boy. It was pretty funny. Yeah. But dog sledding is fun. All right, Steph W. Uh let's where can we find you and uh your little Instagram page <laughs> for your birdie <laughs> who she's sitting with right yes. now looking so cute. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. Uh my name is Many Skies. So M A N Y S K I E S. And then okay, so if you want to know Birdie, she's my little toy Aussie. And you can find her on there as well. It's bluebird dot the Aussie. And she also <laughs> has babies, not yet, but Yeah, no, in uh in March she should be getting bread in March. So we'll have to get them yeah. each a little shirt that says horse poor podcast. Please <laughs> buy me. <laughs> get yeah. dog poor. <laughs> so if you want puppies, keep them in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're on Facebook too, eh? Oh yeah, I'm on Facebook. So Stephanie Warkenton. Last name W A R K E N T I N. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I really hope all of you listeners enjoy our first episode and get to know a little bit more about us. Uh, yeah. So, okay, guys. Well, that is our first podcast, our first introduction episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, like I said already, please give us a review or a DM or let us know how you feel. We have one motto that we always want everyone to leave out of our podcast with and we're going to have Steph W give us the advice that we put out there. Get rich or ride trying. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't make any money, I guess you can't ride. <laughs> yeah.